Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Samino, and with me as always is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Steve. When was the last time you felt good about anything? <laughs> that's that's very appropriate given the circumstances of the world and the movie I we're thought, talking I about thought. and everything. I thought. I thought. When I, when I heard that in this movie that we're about to talk about, I was like, well, that's... That's a shoe in uh, for 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 the uh, for the for the episode. The introductory quote. Yes. Well, yeah. welcome Andrew. Welcome everyone. We are back on the NRLD podcast, and we are continuing our traipse through Tom Hanks's filmography with selected entries, and we have made it to a very very big one. It's we've entered a new stage of Tom Hanks. I will say we've covered a lot of smaller scale stuff. The biggest one being Apollo 13. But if you can get bigger than space, they figured out a way, and it involved Steven Spielberg, and it involved a wild shoot, and it involved one of the biggest movies of the late 90s, of the 90s in general, really, and and of all time, arguably. It's a it's a huge one. It's massive, and it's very fun to talk about. We, of course, are speaking about Saving Private Ryan, the 1998 American epic war film that, as I said, is directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Tom Hanks. Their first collabo led to many, many more collabos to come. And, Andrew, this is a big one. I've seen it a bunch of times before. Hadn't seen it in a while. You know, people talk about it. You read a lot about it. It it develops a certain reputation over time. And I got to say, it was... Better than I remember in a lot of ways. It's just an unspeakably well-directed, solid, great film. Like, I, I, If someone told me this was their favorite movie, I'd be a little surprised just because I don't think it really should be your favorite movie. But it's it's like four stars near masterpiece across the board otherwise. Like, it should be it should be one – it deserves its reputation as one of the most respected, well-directed movies of the last couple of decades. Uh, I agree. I hadn't, I hadn't seen it in full probably since – you know, sometime not long after it came out. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I will say I like, I, I, I had forgotten a lot of the movie really after the first harrowing 25 minutes, which are sort of unforgettable and seared into your brain. If you've seen this movie. Um, and, um, like, well, I guess I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, Oh, like the other two hours of this movie, two, two hours plus are also very, very good, um, in their own, in their own way. Um, and I guess the only thing I'd say, like, I, I watched this movie on Memorial day and I sat there thinking like, I'm like, how is this just not like, and maybe it already is. And I'm just clueless, but I was like, how is this just not the Memorial day movie that like we all watch you know like you typically get a lot of war movies on like amc and turner classic movies and whatever and like this should be like in my view the 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 one of all of them not just because of sort of what happens to the characters at the end but also it's that good like it should it should be the movie you watch on a holiday so yeah uh, i think that's i think that's pretty good <laughs> i concur and before we get too deep into this movie andrew let's do our beverage of choice segment i am enjoying a boomtown brewery mike check pills check is of course spelled c-z-e-c-h and a delicious pun very much like the in real deep pun of the podcast you're enjoying right now we love our puns and that's a that's a very solid one very nice very nice <laughs> uh and i am drinking a uh, a live basil Gimlet or Gimlet? I don't know how you. Say, I don't know if it's a. It's just like I a think GIF, it's Gimlet, but it does. Gimlet yeah. does not sound bad for whatever reason. But I think yeah. it is Gimlet. Yeah. 
So that is, uh, I've gotten very in, in this in this uh, quarantine that we've all been in. I've gotten very into uh, fancy drinks because I can't go anywhere to have a fancy drink ever. Um, <laughs> and uh, so this is, uh, it's a chilled coupe glass. And then you've got some gin, Hendrix gin, some muddled basil, some simple syrup, and some lime juice. And it's strained. And uh, it's a very, very refreshing summer drink. And I recommend it. Sounds very nice. Little mixologist over there. Very proud of you. Yeah, I think I'm going to make it a thing on our on our episodes that we'll that I'll have fancy cocktails because you know yeah. that's what's going on now. Well, there you go, fans. Get ready every episode to hear about what Andrew's drinking, and it's going to be it's not just beer anymore. The the, the horizons have expanded before your very ears. So I'm so, sure they'll flock now just to hear what I just to hear yeah. me describe. Our numbers are going to skyrocket yeah. now that you're. Dropping this in front of him and dangling this. Yeah. <sighs> All right, Andrew, let's go back to Saving Private Ryan. I agree with everything you said. This is a very, very good film, unsurprisingly. It is. I was. The first 25 minutes really do take up so much of the oxygen in the conversation, and rightly so. Like, I was just listening to a podcast, Blank Check. I really enjoy that show. If you listen to this, you probably at least know Blank Check. If you if you don't, go listen to it. It's great. They talk movies. They're super fun. They were saying, if Spielberg had just directed, if this movie had come out as a 25-minute short of sorts that was about the first, you know, that first scene, he would have won Best Director anyway, you know? Like, it's it's such an undertaking. I cannot imagine... I know it took like literally a month to shoot. I just the, the money and the extras and the violence and there's just so much to it. It's it's remarkable, it's intense. It's it's pretty much perfect for what it's going for. But as you said, that's not the the whole movie. Like and even better, like this is I, I spoke a little bit about um the idea that this was a uh, uh uh, so you get a certain. You, this is sort of classifies a certain type of movie. In my head, I remembered it as a very pro-America, you know, war movie of that sort. And in watching it back, certainly it's not anti-America by any means. It opens and closes with a flag, with the American flag. So it it knows what it's right. going for. But at the same time, it's not about the triumph of the American will necessarily. It's not about right. America's dominance as the greatest nation. It is just about. The, the the mindset of a certain generation of Americans, the the focus on this particular war, and and good men doing good things and fulfilling their duties. There are some bad Americans in it too. Like they shoot captive soldiers. Like they have lots of conversations on whether they should execute other ones. Like they, they are not without their warts, which I appreciate. But even if the warts weren't there, it is just not jingoistic. It's not necessarily over the top. Yeah. It, I appreciate that. Yeah. I just had come to remember it as a different sort of movie than what it actually was. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I to go back to the opening scene, you know, I I know we'll talk a little bit about that sort of the the book ending um, uh, of this and the the older the older version of uh, of Matt Damon, um, but you know, I think the moment one of the one of the things that that puts you into that that immersive twenty five minutes is that that fade from that fade into to Hanks in these, in these, um, you know, amphibious, uh, craft that are basically going to come ashore on the beach in Normandy. Um, and it just puts you right there. And, and it does, it has this trick of putting you right there. Like, even though you like, kind of, you're like, kind of not ready for it. Like much like probably the soldiers who were, who were, um, who were about to, to you know scale the cliffs there um it, it's just such 
I think the whole movie does this, especially in the combat scenes, but it, it's just such an immersive, uh, an immersive right there. Uh, and I think the interesting thing about that is that's, that's not, uh, that's not as easy a challenge as I, I think it would seem because like, you know, we're all exposed to pictures of, I mean, you know, DA is, well, we're recording this the day before or two days before D day. Um, D-Day is like, we see pictures of D-Day from when we're very young, right? Like, it's not like we're not exposed to those images. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, I think, I think it's just, just brilliant filmmaking, which is sort of what you expect of, of, um, of Steven Spielberg. And, and then to, to follow up on your other point, I think, um, yeah, it, it, I, what I, what I really appreciated about it is it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't unnecessarily glorify these these people it actually just celebrates their incredible sacrifice and the incredible things they were able to do and it celebrates the leadership of tom tanks's character um and 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 it also showcases the toll that that takes on someone um and i think like i mean we can get into like putting this in the context of everything that's going on right now um but i think it's it's for me it was like both good and bad to see that kind of that kind of sacrifice. Cause like, it, you know, Americans are capable of it. And then you, to me, I just kept thinking about this present moment we're in and being like, uh, that's sacrifice. What, what's happened since then, I guess. Um, <laughs> so, so um, I don't want to, I don't want to fast forward to that, I guess, because there's plenty of movie to talk about, but um, I guess it was, it was both a really great ex- experience um, from that perspective. And then also, um, a little bit disheartening. It was, it was a, lot, a bittersweet, I guess. I don't know. It is um, a weird time to watch this movie for sure. It's yeah. like we said, even though it doesn't rah, rah, glorify America, it certainly shows what uh, Americans have been capable of. And they're right. like you said, they're, their their ability to sacrifice and that's certainly not a thing that many people want to do these days but like you said well let's not get into that too much yet if at all <laughs> and let's get because one thing i wanted to touch on that i really you know to to tie it back to what we're talking about about it's uh the lack of raw rawness is like you said and, and sacrificing too because there are a lot of choices that tom hanks makes in this movie as captain miller to for his team for his men that go very poorly <laughs> like they yeah. they die a lot and it's not because it's not his fault necessarily but it is you know it's, it further reinforces what i like about this movie in that it's you just i think when i sat down to watch it i was like okay there's these eight guys they're going to get this one guy uh this seems like a pretty standard war movie like maybe we'll lose one along the way like we're bc perishing it's like sure he's the little runt like you know sure you know you like you take out the the sad guy everybody cries and then the other seven guys stand tall and save the day and they do not stand tall they do not save the day like they barely survive they only survive because of a airstrike that saves them from being utterly destroyed and tom hanks dies and tom sizemore dies and our only real survivor is eddie burns and you're like i don't give a shit if eddie burns survives or not like it's just they do not glorify that stuff at all they show it as you know as understandable and reasonable in the moments but filled with downsides that all come true you know when tom hanks gets for bc killed in a way by choosing to go on this little side mission to blow up this this machine gun and every kid the character is very clear like we do not need to do this no one has tasked us with, with this we are not obligated to do this and they do it anyway and one of their guys dies and at the end 
rather than force Private Ryan out of where he wants to be, they could have knocked him on the head and carry him away. But instead, right. they stay and try and defend this bridge. And like we said, like they they all die. <laughs> and it's, it's not it's it's heroic and it's noble, but it also is not oh, unnecessarily raising them up on this pedestal and, and and pretending like there are no you know ramifications for their choices. Like in war, you make choices and you follow your gut, and hopefully you're a good moral person. And there's no reward for that. Like you get killed all the same a lot of the time, you know. And yeah. I think that is yeah. a very powerful message. And again, not one that I remember this movie making. And and for all Steven Spielberg's, you know, critic- he's one of the greatest directors of all time. But the criticisms he get is he does paint things, you know, wear rose-colored glasses sometimes and tie yeah. things up in a neat <clears throat> bow and paint things in an optimistic light a lot of times. Not really here. Like maybe there's a few scenes that do that, but the overall message is is very uh, inspiring, but also very very sad. Yeah, yeah. I, I and like I guess that's why I sort of said it was like to me the perfect Memorial Day movie because I mean like it. I, I like how people get Memorial Day and Veterans Day because Memorial Day is about people who died in war, right? Um, and um, you know, all all of those things are little tragedies, and like in some ways, all we have as a society are. Um, these little, these little ways we can honor them. And it's, it's not really, it's not really good enough. Um, you know, <laughs> there's, there's nothing, there's nothing good enough to make up for that, I guess. Um, and, um, but I think that's a good thing in a movie, right? Like, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I've seen, <laughs> I can't remember what, what article I was reading, but it was, it was sort of saying that like, in, in many ways, all, all war movies are, are glorify war in some way, even if they don't set out to do it. Um, and I think this one does probably in its own way, you know, there, especially um, when you, you have some of like a schmaltzy score from John Williams and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't do it in like a, you know, a John Wayne sort of way, like a, an, un, an uncritical, unthinking or unrealistic um, manner. And, and like, that's, that's to its credit. Um and, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, you brought up Spielberg. This is this has sort of got to be like, to me, I don't know, he's had a great career, but like this has got to be the height of Spielberg, right? Because, I mean, he made Schindler's List and then I believe he made this. I don't know if he made anything in, in between. Um, and, and this movie, I believe, had, if I'm, if I'm remembering my history right, is it sort of directly led to the, the construction of the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. Um, so... Which is, I guess, I guess maybe a tribute all its own to the, the way this sort of like honors those, those, those people. Um, so I don't know. I, I just it, it it did you know I think this is a very emotional time anyway. But this movie definitely fills you with a, with a, a lot of a lot of emotion because um, of all, everything that happens. Yep, and a chief reason for all that emotion is Tom Hanks. The reason we're doing this film, what we've been talking about for yep. the last couple months here, and. Uh, we've got a bunch of movies left to go. I think we're about halfway done our trapes through our selected Tom Hanks films, but I don't know if we're going to see a better Hanks performance. Like this is yeah. this is so different than what we've gotten to this point. We see him in war. We see him kill people. You know, we we've in Apollo 13, the last Hanks movie we discuss, we got a very stoic pro-America Tom Hanks as well. You know, we got mm-hmm. a a calm leader of men, and we get that here again, but. 
he is brusque. He is short. He's he's funny. He's clever. He's mm-hmm. he's engaging. His men want to please him. They respect him. They love him. But he also does not have time for bullshit, as as you would not expect in the middle of a war anyway. But like he yeah. he cuts people off. He you know he he is he kills people. Like he is. It's just a very different. It's you know he's not America's dad in this movie. You know, like yeah. I didn't remember that yeah. either. I thought he was a little more kindly gentleman who just happens. Yeah. I knew. I remember the school teacher part. I remembered his men loving him, and I was like, oh, this is like a very sweet. Tom Hanks is a war guy, but he's also Tom Hanks. And in reality, like I mean, other people probably gonna play this role, but it's it, but Hanks playing against type makes it so much better. You know, like and not horrifically against type, but just enough where the choices he makes I think reinforce the necessities. Of war, you know, like if even kindly Tom Hanks can turn his brain off and become right. a a you know right. a murderer for the for the country for the necessities to save the day, like how do we all not do the same and how can we not support him? Like I just think there is it's just a, such a good use of Tom Hanks and he plays his scenes so well. He's charming when he has to be. He's serious when he has to be. Like he, I, I just do not expect him to handle a role like this so well. I just can't see Tom Hanks in war, but yet there it is right there, and it's perfect, mm-hmm. and it fits so well. Yeah. Yeah, and his character, you know, um, like, I, I just write down in my notes, and I already said it, but, like, this is a movie about leadership in some ways, and the, and the toll that, that that takes on you. You know, there's this great scene sort of late um, in the film when he finally gets a moment to himself, and he's just, like, his hands are trembling on and off and he's just crying and um you know you you think about the toll that some of the choices he had to make some of the horrible no win choices he had to make his character has to make um and he just he just he brings that alive and i i think you're right i don't know if it's is it is it playing against type or playing in or using his type to um sort of advance the character i don't know i'm not exactly sure but um it it certainly it certainly uses what, yeah, that that um, what we sort of think of as Tom Hanks in our in our head, what we think, how we think we know him uh, against us in some ways. I guess you know, like it, it is a very believable thing that Tom Hanks would be like a school teacher if he weren't Tom Hanks. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> I guess he'd be retired now, but but yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's it's a really good point. He he's he is he's he's really obviously great in this in this movie. I think it reinforces um, the value of Tom Hanks as a movie star now, too, as, like, a big, mm-hmm. giant star. Because once you become a movie star like this, even if you're not a fan of Tom Hanks' movies, which is insane, but, like, let's just say he's not your favorite actor. Like, you're still aware of Tom Hanks as this entity, you know? Like, yeah. if you go to movies, you know he is this kindly man. Like, you, you know he's Forrest Gump, you know him as a Paul 13 guy, you know him as, like, this this... And like, and so even if you don't know what that type necessarily is, or you're not like a nerd like us that dissects and di- debates those things, you still yeah. understand who Tom Hanks is. So to see him in this movie, like you said, and then you get the little tidbits like the teacher stuff. You get the, you know, he becomes more Tom Hanksian as the story unfolds. But so for the first hour and change, like you're just seeing Tom Hanks in war, and you just like kill that guy, yeah. go over there, blow this up, do this, do yeah. that. Like and like we said, with 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 bad choices or with choices that have complications and like it's you're right I think you did nail it it's not it's not playing against it's not like Road to Perdition where it's like Tom Hanks as a hitman you know wink wink and I love Road to Perdition but like they were clearly at that point blatantly trying to get you sell you on that whole idea but here it's just like no like it 
lots of people go to war. Like nowadays, we don't have this because it's you, you go to you know it's for it's just there's different reasons for joining the military. But it was World War Two. Everybody went to war, you know, and it didn't yep. matter if you were bloodthirsty or if you were curious or if you wanted to explore the world or if you wanted money for college. Like that wasn't what it was about. It was about going because we had to fight a world war. And it's just inserting a Tom Hanks character like that into this war that has those that has those uh, reasons behind it and those and those elements in play is really just it's just so smart and it's not crazy like it's not outside the box by any means but it just it works so much better than i remembered it doing or expected that it would yeah yeah and and i think even one of the things i want to say too is like at the very end you know his last line to to private ryan is uh it's kind of an encapsulation of all that it's a very direct line right like it doesn't it's a direct line to him and it doesn't, it doesn't really let him off the hook or give him a, give him a, a platitude, which kind of like, it sort of fucks really... up his whole life and like, you know, as if it wasn't more fucked up already. <laughs> like, well, doesn't, yeah, you know what I mean? I... but it puts a lot of pressure on him, which is uh, earned yeah. and understandable as the man dies, yeah. but it is a very, it's an incredibly heavy thing. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not, um, it doesn't let him, it certainly doesn't let him off the hook. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, I guess, you know, why would it, you know, I'd be kind of, piss off too i guess if i had to stick around just because this guy wouldn't leave when <laughs> yes. my whole job is to get him to leave you know yes. i guess um but I, I guess that that kind of encapsulates it all right there at the very end so yep it really does and i will say one of the other joys that i had of tom hanks being in this movie is this is like porn for character actors like this is there yes. are so many assorted <laughs> character actors in this movie and a lot of them interact with tom hanks so you get to see paul giamatti yeah. talk to tom hanks you get to see yeah. ted danson talk to tom hanks like you get to see all these you get to see dennis farina talk to tom hanks like you, yeah. you like there's no other movie where all these character actors get to have five minute scenes where they're just talking with hanks and like yeah. i love that like and like and they hold their own so well too like everyone is you know and because there's no the cover the scenes aren't about the conversations they're not about you know they're not yeah. you're not getting close-ups of anybody like they're all just imparting information and they're just passing each other by in the night you know like they're yeah. it's just it's just oh it's fun it's paul giamatti and they talk for a while and they run around for a while they shoot some people and then they move on to the next town or the next outpost or whatever and like it's just it makes me so happy because i get to see all those fun people talking to this huge movie star but it's just it's just such a smart way to keep the audience engaged and move things along yeah. and like and give these actors nothing to do but also a lot to do because they need to make these transitory scenes engaging and interesting and they're all fucking great yeah you know it's interesting you say that because i i mean first of all i just want to call out giamatti is my favorite one because of the scene where he's like going to go to the bathroom and then knocks over a wall and there's a bunch of nazis behind it <laughs> um and he's just so frazzled constantly. I mean, talk about someone who has a type. Um, <laughs> it's great. It's great. He's he's great. Um, but I think I think what was interesting seeing this, and then um, I don't know if you ever did see 1917, but I, I know I told you what, about one of one of the things I didn't like about the movie is this, where you know it's it's a it's in, in 1917, it's two soldiers who are sort of moving along different parts of the Western Front in World War One, and they keep running into basically, as I think I told you, every famous sort of British actor of the day. So it's like, and I guess those are more cameos than character actors. Um, so it's a little bit of a different approach. So it's like Benedict Cumberbatch and Colin Firth and uh, Rob Stark, whose name I don't really know, but... Um, the Hot Priest. You know, like it's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> in a, 
and and in in 1917, it's one of my you know I liked 1917, but it, it was it was one of my criticisms of the film because it just took me right out of the film. Um, and in fairness, I guess in 1917 you have very famous actors have, having cameos, and you have these two pretty anonymous guys as the main characters. And this one, you have a heavyweight and Hanks sort of running into other very notice, noticeable people. Um, but I think it's just, I, I guess, I, I guess where I'm really going is that, like, you know, this is what, something we talk about a lot, which is execution, right? Like the scenes are well written, they've chosen, they've cast, they've cast well, and the actors are really good at, um, at doing this. And so it was, it was just hilarious though to just, you know, pick out all these people that were noticeable. I mean. I guess Hanks doesn't actually run into Brian Cranston, but it was also interesting to see Brian Cranston in there, who uh, I don't even think you can call a character actor at this point anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, he was, he's in there too. So. No, that's super <clears throat> true. I actually did see 1917, but and I agree with your criticism 100%. And I think the difference there is, like you said, execution and Spiely understanding like the point. Like those scenes are all about information. They're all so fast. And like, but the information yep. doesn't really matter in a lot of ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it just moves everything forward, and there's no yep. pausing. We're in 1917, and I'm not. That's it's a criticism, but it's also like I get why they did this. But it's a lot of like stopping and slow conversations, right. and like imparting because 1917 is just by proxy a slower, more deliberate movie, and like they build yep. attention in that way. So in a lot of ways, it works, but it doesn't have the same snappiness that this does. And one yep. thing that's great about this is it keeps up the propulsion. Um, the, almost the entire time. Like, there's so little... You know, there's a couple of scenes where people just talk, but once they start going for Private Ryan, it's, like, go almost the entire time. And, like, right. it's great. Like, I think that Spielberg is just uh, not, you know... Not that Sam Mendes isn't a great director as well, but Spielberg is just... Yep. He knows exactly what he's fucking doing. Like, there's not even a question that this guy is not, like, the pro of yep. pros, understands the material inside and out, understands what makes character actors pop, what makes them valuable, and just, and just gives us little tidbits and moves on to the next thing you know and i love that so so much and just as valuable as those character actors though is the whole team with hanks is the whole company like they're all so good it's the most eclectic group of actors like it's you know they've all gone to like varying levels of success but even back then like you got tom sizemore you got eddie burns you got pepper you got rabisi you got vin diesel vin diesel is really his first movie and he holds his weight so well like if you watch this movie now and have never seen it and didn't know the context you'd be like oh it's just they got a Vin Diesel cameo. Like, that's so cool. Like, Vin showed yeah. up, did some Vin shit, and died. And it's like, no, this was, yeah. like, 1998 Vin Diesel. Yeah. And he still yeah. has this weight to him and this importance and this confidence that exudes everything. And, like, again, it's just the fact that Spielberg put them all together, it feels – it's one of those pairings, this, one of these groups that feels in – in retrospect, you're like, of course, these are the guys. But at the moment, like, you must be like, what the fuck? Like, why are all these yes. people in this movie? Like, yes. but it just <laughs> – everybody clicks. It works so well. Yeah. And they're all big stereotypes. They're you know they're broad. They're a little silly sometimes, but that just helps yeah. differentiate them and, and make them relevant. And it all just is perfect. Yeah, you got the nerd. You got the you got the Brooklyn guy. He's, he's super from Brooklyn. Yeah, super Christian uh, sniper. You know, Very yeah, Jewish but, man. Uh, yeah. 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 No, I mean like um, the one for me who stands out is like uh, is Tom Sizemore, who's plays sort of like his second in command. Um, and you know Tom Sizemore is a unfortunately a very troubled individual um and was troubled at the time of this shooting and i think remains troubled um now um 
but man, he's freaking great in this movie. I mean, he, he's like, you know, he, you talk about holding their own with Hanks. I mean, he, he, he is, he, he's part of the glue of that, <clears throat> of that, that sort of that platoon, I guess. Um, and, uh, and he, like, he's the one that I just was like writing down notes. I was like, Oh wow. Tom, so like, this is the big deal about Tom Sizemore. You forgot Nathan Fillion is in there as the false. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite Hank scenes too, because Hank's, you know, is, is thinks he's found private Ryan is telling him the story. Fillion's crying. And the second Hank's realizes he's not private Ryan, he's like, okay, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go. And he leaves <laughs> yeah. this man just so broken. And it's like, he's like, sorry, I fucked up. Got to go. No time for this. And it's just so like, it's just, yeah. and then he just moves on. And Nathan Fillion sells it like a, you know, in, like a scene that weirdly plays for comedy, even though it is the saddest thing. But it's yeah, it's so good. Fillion's amazing in it. I forgot he was in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say about Sizemore too. One thing I love about Sizemore is his death is not particularly cinematic. Like Rabisi and Adam Goldberg both get these like super long, drawn out like visceral death scenes. Rabisi's is just, you know, it just takes a while, and then Goldberg's is just so painful and so intense. But Sizemore gets shot a bunch of times, and then is, like, sort of, like, all out of it, and is, like, just going about his business and, like, trying to keep it together and act like he's fine. And then you look over, and he's just dead. And it's like, man, like, you kill Tom yeah. Sizemore like that. Like, that's – I love that. Like, it's just – that's probably how it happens sometimes. Guys got shot. They're like, I'm fine. And then they bleed out, and they die. And it's just, like, it felt very – real you know like it felt very like not every death is uh grandiose in that way it's just people just die it's just war you know again like i just think there is a it's 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 not realism as we come to expect it from like hurt locker maybe where it's like that handheld camera right in your face like ah war is loud music and and bombs and it's just like there's just the the every thing that happens has all these this impact and everything that happens matters even if you don't notice it like things happen outside of your eye shot and ear shot that people die and they explode and they get shot and like you, it's just so violent and violence is so pervasive and I think he gets that sense even if you don't see it or hear it like fucking people die and I just love that yeah and I think it like it does justice to to the, the opening scene too because like I mean it's a movie so you know storming of omaha beach how convenient that like the eight movie stars survive you know um <laughs> uh but like that's what's going on around all those guys right it's just like you know this you're inundated with like hor- horrifying imagery of you know entrails hanging on limbs and all this horrible stuff um and and you're right i think it's important for the film to do the same thing by the, the the rest of the characters, I guess, if that makes sense. You know, some of them will be sort of cinematic deaths and some of them will not. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good point. <clears throat> yeah. And so let's go back to Hanks, though. Like, this is the start of a very interesting run for him. Like, our, our next movie is going to be The Green Mile. And that'll be fun just because it's a very different film than this. But this is like... Yeah. This is a very, this is, you know, if you look at the Hanks filmography, which I'm looking at right now, like, this is on the heels of Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Paul 13, Toy Story, like, this is, Hanks has conquered everything, you know, he's made a billion dollars, and he's won a bunch of Oscars. This is, I would say, in a lot of ways, it might be, it's either this or another film we're going to do, Castaway, might be, like, peak Hanks, you know, it might be, like, Hanks is at the top of the mountain, and he's just... 
he's dominant and everything he touches turns to gold and he's just so so good but it's yeah. just it's, it's just fascinating to see like I, I think everyone's peak is is sort of short in that way but it's it's a little bit of a pretty quick downhill fall from here you know like it's it's still so much good stuff to come but it's like he has a couple years here where he is just tom hanks capital t capital h giant amazing movie star who is used so well and wonderfully and then maybe you just can't sustain that for too long but again i I just don't think that all the movies that are to come and there's a few that might challenge this but i'm not sure we're gonna see better Hanks like I don't know if there is better Hanks like I don't know if there's a better use of Hanks I don't know if he's ever had a better collaboration with the director and I don't know if he's ever given such a strong performance like it's not gonna like, I think if you're putting together a list of his best performances you probably wouldn't rank this number one but I think having just watched the movie and seeing all the pieces come together I think it is just it is an amazingly good encapsulation of what makes Tom Hanks so special yeah it's weird to say this but it's like even though it's this huge movie about a very famous event in American history and, you know, glorifies that it, uh, it's not that showy of a performance like Forrest Gump and, um, in Philadelphia, which I think he won Oscars for both of those. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, much, much showier performances, much more like, uh, you know, stretches for him. Like in this one, he's kind of playing this bizarre, mix of like Jimmy Dugan and uh, his character from Apollo 13, like some, some mix of that. Like he's gruff, but he's also like an all American good guy. And um, so it's not, it's, it's, it's not as showy, but it is like, it, it is a great, it's, it is a great performance. It, 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 I guess it, even if it's maybe not his best, it sort of is like, uh, the platonic ideal of Tom Hanks or something like yes. that. It's like, it's like kind of everything you want in a Tom Hanks performance. I guess. Yeah. That <laughs> um, sums it up even, so well. Even the yelling. You can get yep. a lot of yelling. Right? Yep. So, it yeah. sums up. It's mm-hmm. real. It's what you've come to expect from Tom Hanks. And like you said, not playing against type, but dropping him in a unique scenario. And then that unique scenario happens to be one of the most well-made war movies of all time, you know? So, right. and he understands a hundred percent what he is to do in this movie. Like he is, like you said, he's not showy. He's not, he gets a couple monologues and he plays, he understates most of them and plays them all really well. And like, he just gets it so perfectly and Spielberg gets it. And it's just, it's just this, the, the way they seem to be symbiotic in this movie is just, it's wonderful. It really is. It is the platonic ideal is the great way to put it. It is. I think at, at a time when Tom Hanks was, ubiquitous for being the biggest star there was and everything and everything he touched turned to gold. We got this performance that just said, what if Tom Hanks went to war? And that's, you know, and, <laughs> and the result was it was pretty goddamn great. Yeah. Well, until we get to Da Vinci Code. Yeah, know, so that's <laughs> obviously. That's You're right, the apex Robert is still Langdon. to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robert, Robert Langdon, the hair, I mean, alone, it's just, <laughs> it's just, can't wait for that. <sighs> Well, if you haven't seen this movie, which is sort of crazy given how long it's been out and how much people loved it, <laughs> find it. It's out. It's, you know, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but it can be purchased for a mere several dollars. And, it, you know, it's, it's, as we said, as we raved about it, it's a great, it's long. It's 249, maybe split it into two viewings. I know I did, and that's not normally how I do movies, but it's still great. It's great. 
it's if you needed any reinforcement that Hanks and Spielberg were two of the best to ever do their jobs, uh, this uh, this is that reinforcement. So, and you get some Eddie Burns, which who doesn't love? And yeah. you get Matt Damon. We didn't even talk about Matt Damon. He's. Uh, we didn't talk about it. I love that in the trivia for this movie that Spielberg cast him like wanting some just like all American looking de- dude who was not that famous, and then Good Will yeah. Hunting came out in the interim and made him a star. And yeah. he's like, "Fuck this, Matt Damon! Are you ruining everything?" Yeah. I don't want uh, audience to be excited say, to see you. Yeah, all I would say about Matt Damon, well, there's two things. First of all, he has an odd habit of showing up as a random character at the end of something. Uh, <laughs> looking at looking at Interstellar here as well. Um, second of all, he just looks really young in this movie, and his teeth are extremely white. That's that's all I thought about. Like, this isn't really a great Matt Damon role. I guess I don't think it's written to be that way, but no, um, he's pretty much he, he more he's more a story serves the purpose of the story than, yeah. than he gets to do much. But as you, we also didn't talk about this, and I definitely want to mention before we're done here, the we, we critiqued a previous Tom Hanks movie, A League of Their Own, for a really really embarrassing weird last scene where mm. all the actors mm. and actresses have been recast by just random ass old people that look nothing like them and we're supposed to care about them in some capacity and that was it almost ruins the movie in a lot of ways but here they cast an old man to play Matt Damon rather than put him in makeup and it's great it's amazing like it should be not so good and I don't know if it's the performance of the guy or it's you know the the fact that he just looks so they 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 you know found a guy who really looks like old Matt Damon, but I I, I wouldn't say it's my it's uh the most wonderful bookend of the movie open and closing, but it certainly didn't detract from the movie at all. And I was waiting to sort of hate it, and I was like that works pretty well. I'm kind of into that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. It works pretty well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's intense. It's powerful. And like it does reinforce if you needed reinforcing of this that this man yeah. has been under an incredible burden his entire life to justify himself yeah. and. Yeah. You know, that's a lot, but it's, it was, a, you know, as I think you, you're sort of alluding to, it was a lot that all these guys died. So like he gets yeah. to live the, 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 the monkey's paw payment is he has to live his entire life trying to prove to Tom Hanks that he's worth a damn. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great movie. Great, great movie. Super worth watching. Give it a watch if you haven't seen it. And subscribe to the In Real Deep podcast because we will be back in the not-too-distant future with more Tom Hanks. Our next movie is The Green Mile, which I am very intrigued to see. I remember reading the book when I was a kid. I loved it. I haven't seen the movie in forever. I kind of think it's going to suck, but maybe it won't. Yeah. I know my, I know Michael Clark Duncan is going to be great. I know Frank Darabont... It, you know, Kess has really good at casting and also gets a lot of good supporting people in there. And like, but I really think, especially compared to something like this, it's going to be very melodramatic. It's going to be very on the nose. It's going to be very maudlin. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff about it that are not going to sit as well, especially coming off something so good as this. Well, and I just wrote about Shawshank uh, Redemption for the on the site, um, which is another jail movie by Frank Darabont that came out before it. And perhaps you've heard of it, Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> And it's, uh, I'm fully expecting to, you know, just be comparing it the whole time and being like, yeah, but Shawshank is better. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I, but I'm uh, excited though. Cause like, I mean, the reason we put this list together when Andrew, when you were, we were coming up with it is we wanted to get a wide range of Hanks. And like, I yeah. think we both looked at that one and said, 
I don't think this one, this one, again, this is in a Peaks Hank period. It's in between this and Castaway. But I think we were like, I don't think this one's very good. And I think it's, you know, I would like an opportunity to maybe not critique him per se, but be like, this guy is not immaculate. Now, this guy is not perfect. And uh, even when he makes a good crowd pleaser that is is interesting and entertaining, it's just, you know, sometimes the the veneer starts to wear thin. So maybe that'll be, maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe it'll be fucking great. Who knows? I bet it will be better than Sleepless in Seattle. Yes. <laughs> that is not a tall order, and I suspect yeah. you're probably right. But, again, subscribe to the In Real Deep podcast. Go to inrealdeep.com and await our release of that one because it'll be a fun one. And as Andrew said, his writings, all of our writings, but he's been churning that way more than I have these days, are on yeah. inrealdeep.com. Lots of good stuff. Shawshank Redemption, ton of other stuff covered. So go check all of those out. I was say I'm not sure churning out is exactly the right term. <laughs> I've been renaming like six months, so I mean you're yeah. you're churning out compared to me at least. Limping through a few things here and there <laughs> once a month this morning. We'll like, take limp- given the state of the world, we'll take limping. Let's well, limping yeah. counts as churning these days. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Andrew, thanks for joining us. Thank you all for joining us in these weird, uncertain times to take a little breather and talk some Tom Hanks. We're always so happy to have you. Yeah, earn it, America. Earn it. Earn yep, this. That's right. That's that's a good that's a good message to the people. Earn it indeed. Thank you all for listening. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Mm-hmm.